Hello, I'm Mark Gerson, and I'm the rabbi's husband. Yes, that's the name of the show, and it is also who I am, the proud husband of Rabbi Erica Gerson. Now, one of the great things about being a rabbi's husband is that we can share the love of Torah on a daily basis, all day, every day, and that's what we do on this podcast. We are in conversation with some of the most interesting people in the world to talk about the Torah passage that is most meaningful to them. And today I am so delighted to be joined by a living legend and a role model and an inspiration for everybody who both knows her and knows of her. And that is Dr. Ruth Westheimer. Dr. Ruth was born in 1928 in Germany. So let's think 1928 in Germany as a Jew. Dr. Ruth uh, survived the Holocaust, but her family did not. And Dr. Ruth was in the kinder transport at age 10, where she went to Switzerland to, to live out the war years and lost her family. In uh, 1945, uh, Dr. Ruth uh, went to uh, what was then called Palestine, soon, thank God, to be called Israel. And Dr. Ruth fought in the War of Independence for the State of Israel. And on her 20th birthday in 1948 was shot and grievously wounded. And uh, thanks only to uh, great medical care provided to her at uh, Hadassah Hospital, she uh, not only survived, but uh, emerged completely intact, then made her way to Paris and then made her way to the United States, somehow along the way, picking up Hebrew, French and English. And uh, to make a long story short, she became Dr. Ruth. So Dr. Ruth, welcome to The Rabbi's Husband. Wonderful introduction. Oh, well, thank you. We're just getting started, Dr. Ruth. It's so hard to introduce you because there's so much to talk about. Thank you to the rabbi's husband. You forgot to tell them that I have been at many Shabbat dinners Friday night and say hello to Erica and to your four wonderful children. Yes. Well, one of the great uh, blessings of living in the same city as Dr. Ruth is that uh, Dr. Ruth uh, comes over for Shabbat dinner uh, pretty much every week when she's in New York. But even though Dr. Ruth is about to turn 93, she'll be 93 in June, Dr. Ruth travels as much and works as hard as a 24-year-old investment banker. <laughs> so Dr. Ruth is on the road about half the time all over the world. And uh, But when she's not all over the world, when she is in the same apartment that she's lived in, Dr. Ruth, when did you move to that apartment in Washington Heights, 1950, uh, what? More than 50 years. My daughter grew up here, Miriam. My son Joel grew up here. And I'm still here in Washington Heights, where the German Jews settled because it's near Fort Ryan Park. It overlooks the majestic Hudson and the Palisades. And I'm not moving from here. But I'm not traveling these days because of the virus. But I talk a lot on Zoom. And I'm delighted to talk with you, Mark. I bet you're resuming traveling by your 93rd birthday in June. Uh, 93rd birthday, I, I don't think so. That's coming June. I think I'm still going to be here. But my daughter lives 10 minutes from me. And my son uh, was just here for a few weeks from Ottawa, Canada. He's a professor there. They're coming back in the summer. Things are looking up. We all have to be very optimistic and still being careful. I have been vaccinated. And guess what, Mark? What? what? You weren't here yesterday because you are busy with four children and the rabbi wife, Erica. Yesterday, I did get an honorary doctorate on Zoom from Ben-Gurion University. There were hundreds of people on the Zoom. 
Wow, Mazel tov. And you have to get one of your guys to make sure that you can see it, I think, on YouTube. Somehow you'll see it. It was wonderful. The president of Ben-Gurion came here to interview me. The provost did his blessing, and I was a very happy camper. And I tell you why. I was in Palestine, then declared Israel by Ben-Gurion. I remember when he declared the state. Wow. He was in Tel Aviv. I was in Jerusalem. I danced the whole night in Yerushalayim. I'm so sad that I've never met Ben-Gurion. I would have liked him, not just because he does yoga. I don't do yoga. But because he was short and he had a twinkle in his eye. So I'm delighted today. Now I have to tell you something about your book, Mark. First of all, good luck. Thank you. It's beautifully, beautifully done. And you really should be congratulated as a big, short businessman. I just saw a program from Israel about the program Hatzalah. And as you know, I have three motorcycles on my name. Yes, you do. Each one, 360. Each, each motorcycle costs about uh, $36,000 and will save hundreds of lives. When I'm in Israel, I'm going to take a motorcycle ride. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. You will ride with Ellie Beer through Jerusalem. You know what? Why don't you ride with Ellie? Do you remember... When you danced in the streets in Jerusalem in 1948, where in Jerusalem would it have been? No, not 28. In 1948. Where in Jerusalem would you have been dancing? Was there an, a big event that day? No, we just, everybody was on a truck dancing and singing. So now I want to tell you, while I have you, Mark, as you said correctly, I was sent to, with a kinder transport to Switzerland. Otherwise, I would not be alive. 10,000 children went to England, Holland, Belgium, France, and Switzerland took 300. I was fortunate to be in Switzerland. If I had been in Holland, Belgium, or France, you would have never met me because I would not be alive. So I'm very grateful. I'm like you. You are a proud Jew. I was at your engagement party. I even remember that I bought you a gift of a salt and pepper shaker hugging. We remember, yes. Before you had four gorgeous children, let me tell you something important. That in Frankfurt, and little girls like me used to have a little booklet where people wrote some wishes into it. My father, who was taken by the Nazis to a labor camp first, who then insisted that I go to Switzerland so that he could come back to Frankfurt, which happened before he got uh, deported to Auschwitz. So my father wrote, in Pirkei Avot, go and get one of your rabbis to find where exactly is it written. But in Pirkei Avot, it says, be the tail of lions and not the head of foxes, which means rather be the end of the good guys rather than the head of the bad guys. I remember now I'm going to be 93 on June 4th. I remember that riding. Very well, I have it right here in my apartment. Once you'll find exactly where it's written, you let me know. And I have lived by that. I have lived by not being a big shot to bad people, but being a tale to the good people. And as you know, Mark, my book, Heavenly Sex, yes, Sexuality in the Jewish Tradition, which I did with Jonathan Mark, 
from the Jewish Week just now was published by NYU Press as a classic. Mine will never be out of print. And I hope that your book, The Telling, will never be out of print. It's a beautiful book. And I did see that you gave thanks to Erika, the rabbi. And you have a bar mitzvah soon coming for, for your oldest child. We do. Put me on the list. Well, so our oldest son, when he was born in July of 2008, he was born on a Thursday at 10.30 p.m. And at his first Shabbat dinner, uh, less than uh, 24 hours later, who was his one guest in the hospital room? Was Dr. Ruth, was you. I was there at, at the hospital. That's right. I know that. I know that. And I love your Shabbat dinners because you are combining your Jewish with Erica's wisdom as a rabbi. And I like when you bless your children, and I do that too, when I see my grandchildren. And there's always somebody interesting at your Shabbat dinner. I can tell them also that you put me in an Uber, and I like that. <laughs> well, you're, you're always the most interesting person. Sometimes I save you money. <laughs> Sometimes one of your guests takes me home or puts me in an Uber. They compete to do it. They are so honored. They compete to do it, literally. Um, so for um, anyone who has uh, their Pirkei Avot, the, the, the portion that your father gave you, it's Pirkei Avot 415, and be a tail onto lions and not a head onto foxes. It is better to attach oneself to a group of people who are uh, above you. That's, um, that's Pirkei Avot 415. So, uh, Dr. Ruth, there's so much uh, that you've inspired people to do and to be. I'll just give one example because it's the most recent in my mind. It's, it's someone the other day. This is someone who's about 10 years older than me. Um, so he was coming of age really in the 80s. And he said, uh, Dr. Ruth saved my life. So I said, how did, how did Dr. Ruth save your life? He said, well, I'm, I'm gay. And he said, uh, Dr. Ruth was the first real authority who got on the radio and told us all it is okay to be gay but use protection not only that i said keep your mouth shut there was somebody whom i met not too long ago before the pandemic who was in high school who called me and said if he would tell his parents that he is gay many years ago they would kick him out of the house and i said keep your mouth shut nobody's business go to a big university where there will be other people, then go to a big city where there will be plenty of other people like you. I met that guy not too long ago, a waiter in a restaurant, who said, I saved his life. I moved to a corner where nobody could hear us. And he said, he listened to me. He kept his mouth shut. He went to a large university in Indiana. Now he's in New York. He has a, a husband. And he's happy. And I saved his life. That makes me jump for joy. That's what you are doing, Mark, with those Latsala motorcycles. You save lives. Maybe after this podcast, maybe somebody else gives you another motorcycle. Well, well, how, well how's this? How's this? If anybody on this broadcast wants to sponsor either a full Ambucycle or a partial Ambucycle in honor of Dr. Ruth, Erica and I will match it. Hallelujah. And then... They will have good sex for the rest of their lives. Okay, so that, that that's the deal. So so if somebody donates the Ambicycle, you you're guaranteeing they'll have good sex and and we match the donation. So so win win. Oh, I like it. That's listen, Ben Gurion gave me yesterday 
on Zoom. You can get it on YouTube, I think. An honorary doctorate, my first from Israel. And I raised $130,000 for scholarships in psychology. And what makes me very pleased, and you be pleased, Mark, some of the scholars in psychology, not in sex therapy, it's too narrow. And guess what? Some will go to Bedouin women. Wow. And that makes me jump for joy because I was not able to get a high school diploma. Girls in Switzerland at the time, especially Jewish refugees, I didn't have money. I was not able to go to high school. And now I have a few honorary doctorates in this country, Neiman College, a few others. And now my first one in Eretz Israel that makes me jump for joy. Now, Mark, you and Erika are such a nice couple. Why is there not one picture in your book, The Telling? That's a good question. There is one little picture of you. On the back cover. If there is another edition, I would like Rabbi Erika's picture in there too. Not the children. Absolutely. We'll do it. But good luck with that book. We'll have the children take the picture. I was told by Erika that you are already a bestseller. Yes, we've been, it's, we've been uh, very fortunate in that regard. Now, uh, Dr. Ruth, you, you uh, mentioned before um, United Hatzalah, and of course I appreciate it. Well, we learned in Exodus that God puts a staff in each of our hands, and God put the United Hatzalah staff in my hand, and God put numerous staffs in your hand, one of which is being America's sex therapist. So when did you realize, I mean, you were born in 1928 in Germany and you became America's sex therapist in the 80s. When did you realize that this was the staff, the unlikely staff that God put in your hand? I tell you something. As you know, I belong to two synagogues. I was very orthodox in Frankfurt. I'm not orthodox anymore. After I went to then Palestine, I'm very Jewish, but not orthodox. And I would never have dreamt that I'm going to talk about orgasm and erection with Mark Gerson. And from morning to night, I was very fortunate when I worked for Planned Parenthood of New York City. I did my doctoral dissertation at Columbia, where I'm still teaching. At the age of 93, they just told me I will teach again next semester. And I was fortunate to find a mentor, which is very important, Helen Singer Kaplan, not alive anymore at Cornell Medical School. And I worked with her for five years, two years being trained twice a week, and then three more years once a week helping to train others. She was a psychiatrist and a psychologist, and she wrote the first book on the sex, new, the sex therapist. I want to put a little plug here. There is a documentary about me called Ask Dr. Ruth on Hulu. And there is something new which you don't know yet, Mark. Tova Felchu, the famous one, is going to play me in a theater piece, one woman show written by Mark Saint-Germain. The first woman who played me was Deborah Jo Rapp. Now it is Tova Felchu. It's going to go right now a few nights in um, California. Then it's coming to Saga Harbor, where you are. Yep. And then they are looking for a theater in New York, hopefully at the Museum of Jewish Heritage, where I'm on the board 
and that's really where it should be. And Tova is fantastic. I already sat with her, and she's reading every line because she has to learn my German, Swiss, Israeli, French, English accent. Not easy. Get your tuxedo ready. Um, it's 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 ready. Because as soon as we find a theater in New York, I will have a black tie optional. Well, as Frank Sinatra used to say, black tie optional means black tie. And buy Erica a new dress. <laughs> of course. For the opening of Becoming Dr. Ruth. Absolutely. Now, I, you know, the, the, the passage that you chose, which was given to you, and this is so magnificent from your father, it, I, I want to talk about it in relation to sex therapy. So let's just go through the, the, whole, the whole passage. Um, and be a tail unto lions and not a head unto foxes. It is better to attach oneself to a group of people who are above you in wisdom and goodness and to be accounted the least among them than to be the head of a group of people who are below you in wisdom or goodness and to be the first among them. So this seems to me to be a profound Jewish instruction about the importance of peer pressure. What the rabbis in Pirkei Vod are telling us is that it's extremely important to be in a community of people who elevate you. So how do you think about peer pressure in the context of being America's sex therapist? Well, the first thing, I, everybody knows that I'm very Jewish and that I said that Jews never had to worry about talking about sex because it was never a bushite, it was never a sin. So one of the things that I knew to do is never get on the bandwagon of saying everything goes. Not everything goes. Right. I would like people to have a relationship, to have a significant other in their lives that they can count on, not just for sex, but that they can count on when they come home from work, that there is a smile. So I have been really old-fashioned at a square and still talking about orgasms very openly. That combination with my accent worked very well. When I was 10 years on the radio, People knew it was me. The moment I said, sexually speaking, you are on the air. I never asked people to say their names in order to safeguard the anonymity. I believe in talking very openly. I believe in sex education. But I don't think that people have to say their names publicly on a podcast or on, on radio. And what is wonderful that I have never stopped educating. So I see myself really as an educator. That's what your book does too. Oh, well, thank you. Your book has to be in all of the libraries. It has to be in the yeshivas. It has to be discussed by people who take Judaism seriously. Not everybody has the luck to marry a well-known woman rabbi like you, but they all can strive to, to have the wisdom of the fathers uh, in their back pocket. Well, absolutely. Now, uh, Dr. Ruth, you are the most, um, and Erica and I talk about this all the time, and, and everyone who's met you at our Shabbat dinners immediately senses it, and then they know it. You are the most inspiring person we've ever met. So how have you maintained such a positive, optimistic, future-oriented attitude, given all that you've experienced from when you were a child, um, even through your young adulthood, when you were so grievously wounded when you were 20? I tell you why. I once did a study 
of those 50 children who left Frankfurt with me and stayed the whole war, World War II, in Switzerland and what has happened, what became of them. And it's very interesting, for, very important for you. You have small children. Right. The earliest socialization in my case and in all of those 50 that I've studied was in a wonderful home, in a Jewish warm, I come from a middle-class family and maybe lower middle class. And I did that study to show the importance of early socialization. Very important for you and Erica, you have small children. None of the children who were with me in the children's home that became an orphanage, none committed suicide. None fell by the wayside. None became clinically depressed because the early years of their childhood were in an intact family. I was an only child. I had 13 dolls. I had roller skates. I had dollhouses. And, and I had an uncle who brought chocolate. So uh, very important for people like you, the way you are blessing your children every Friday night, the way you are raising them to share their toys with the other children as long as they are in your household. They're very important. So in my case, I also knew since I was an only child, since I was fortunate to survive, which my whole family did not, I went to Yad Vashem in Jerusalem and I saw my father's name mm. when, when he died in Auschwitz. And next to my mother's name, Mark, it says the word in German, verschollen. Horrible word. Verschollen means disappeared. So my mother doesn't have even a place where she died. Huh. I'm very active at the Museum of Jewish Heritage. I hope that Tova is going to be successful to get the, the plate, Dr. Ruth, the Tova Felschu, to the museum because it's like a grave for my parents. That exhibit on Auschwitz, which is leaving at the end of this month to go to another place in this country, was very important, a grave for my parents. You're saying that the 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 home that you were raised in and that you left at age 10, you, you had to go into exile and escape when you were 10 years old. But those first 10 years are so important that, that that's what accounts for the incredible attitude that you have and that has sustained you in the previous 83 years? Right. Also, I knew since I was fortunate um, uh, and, and survived, I had an obligation. That means to repair the world. I did not know that in my case meant talking about sex from morning to night. But I knew that I had to do something to repair, to repair the world. And that's what you are doing in your book. Oh, well, thank you. Now, I, now I, I'd like you to comment on, on advice you gave to one of our Shabbat guests at one point. And uh, this is a, a very close friend of ours. And, and you asked him, um, so uh, what do you do? And he said, oh, I just retired. And you told him that was completely unacceptable. Do you, do you remember what you told him? <laughs> I, said, I said, I never will retire, I rewire. That's right. That's right. You said, don't retire, rewire. So why did you say that? What, what, what is wrong about retirement and what is so right and possible about rewirement? Look, I'm not saying anything wrong. If somebody really feels they want to be home now and read your book, <laughs> read my books, <laughs> it's it just, I have to tell you, 
that it's very difficult to keep up a friendship huh. with people who are retired unless they have some hobbies, because otherwise the conversation is boring. I do not associate with boring people. Every Friday night when I come to your dinner, I meet somebody who is of interest. That's why I'm coming to your dinners. Because, and, and, and Erica makes, says, Torah uh, of Friday night, people are retiring. If they want to retire, they have to find a hobby. They have to find something so that then when there is a, uh, a phone call, there is some content to the conversation. Even if they share recipes, tell everybody, don't share recipes with me. I don't cook. I order in. And I like your sushi. Soon I'm coming back. I have to wait a few more weeks. Oh, okay. Well, maybe by Joshua's Bar Mitzvah, which is in, uh, in God willing, in May. And, and you are going to get me an Uber? Of course. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Mark, I want to say one more thing. Yeah. The book, Heavenly Sex, Sexuality in the Jewish Tradition with Jonathan Mark, just was declared and was newly published, NYU Press, uh, as, um, as a classic. We'll never be out of print. Let me tell you something else. Since I learned something about business from you, the book, musically speaking, a lifeful song, talk, University of Pennsylvania Press, it talks about how music influenced my life. For example, the Jewish songs, for example, the song Friday night from the synagogue, Sadiq Katoma, and all of the Shabbat songs. So tell people. I want them to get heavenly sex and musically speaking. Absolutely. I hope I sold a few books. <laughs> I, yeah, I, well, I, I'm sure you did. And, and I hope I hope we raised an ambicycle. That would be amazing. If somebody, if one listener would buy an ambicycle or part of an ambicycle for United Hatzal in honor of Dr. Ruth and Eric and I matched it, that would, that would, be, a, that, that would be a dream. And I promise you that with Amy, I will be on a motorcycle and going through the Chutzot Jerusalem. So the streets of Jerusalem. God willing, maybe this summer. Maybe, who knows? Maybe it's possible this summer. We don't know yet. I, I will want you to be there. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. We, we, would, we would love to be there. Absolutely. Now, um, Dr. Ruth, so the concluding question of the rabbi's husband always goes from a sacred Jewish text to another book. And this is Andre Malroux's 1968 book, Anti-Memoir. And he says in the book, I just ran into a priest with whom I served in the war. And uh, he said, uh, this priest had uh, saved a lot of Jews and then had become a priest. And so I said to him, in all of your years of hearing confessions, what are two things that you've learned about mankind? And the priest said, one, everyone is much less happy than he seems. And two, there is no such thing as a grown-up person. So Dr. Ruth, let's just focus on your career as a sex therapist. In your role as America's sex therapist, as a public sex therapist, what are two things that you've learned about humankind? First of all, what I learned is to remain positive and to see the good in everybody. And if you are disappointed in somebody, be disappointed for five minutes and then go on from there. Don't dwell on it. So I, I as you know, I want everybody to have a significant other. I want them to have somebody who is waiting for them at home. And if they are lonely, because right now there are many people, not only old people, 
also younger people who are lonely, not to lose hope, to be out there and try to find a person to share their life. Somebody who smiles when you walk into the door. So I think that that is one of the most important uh, lessons because then you can do sex therapy if something didn't work right. I know how to fix it. Premature ejaculation. Women who don't have orgasms or difficulties to um, or men who have difficulties to obtain and maintain an erection. I did a book for people over 50. You are still too young. <laughs> and um, so you have to be sexually literate. You have to know about the science of sexuality in order to have a good sex life. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for that uh, advice and, and insight. And thank you for, I mean, being such an inspiration to really my my family and my children um, in particular. I mean, it's it's such a blessing for us to be able to tell them every Friday night that a Jewish hero is coming for Shabbat dinner and to tell and tell them another facet of your story. Soon I'll be able uh, to do that. And I want to tell you another thing, which you will understand, and Erica, brand new, my granddaughter, I have four grandchildren, mine are the best. And don't tell your in-laws or your parents, mine are the best. But Leora, my granddaughter, just got uh, accepted to many law schools. Mazel tov. And now it shows NYU Law School, and I'm jumping for joy because she's going to be in New York. Wonderful. And I am hallelujah. NYU is getting my gorgeous granddaughter, Leora. Leora means my light. Wow. Right. Wonderful. So, uh, well, mazel tov to Leora. And uh, and I'd like to encourage everyone, just get Dr. Ruth's books. Dr. Ruth keeps producing books with the, the energy. And these books are terrific. We give them to our kids. We give them as gifts. We read them ourselves. I mean, a book a year. It's, it's, it's incredible. I want to tell you something else that's new. At the Museum of Jewish Heritage, soon, I don't have a date yet, on the second floor, there will be an exhibit about World War II but not the horror pictures of uh, Auschwitz, but an educational uh, exhibit for children about World War II. And there will be my book, Rollercoaster Grammar, which you have. Yes. And in that, I do talk that my father was taken by the Nazis, but I don't talk about Auschwitz because I don't want to scare children. And my brand new book about diversity, which is Crocodile, You Are Beautiful. So, uh, and then there is an animated film. I didn't get an Academy Award, but I love the film. It's um, Ruth, the little girl on a big voyage or a big uh, journey. It shows my trip to then Palestine. Wow. It talks about my being wounded, but luckily I got fixed. So I was a beautiful skier and I could dance a whole night. Now I can still dance, but not a whole night. Well, I, and, and this is incredible. I mean, Dr. Ruth, there's always something new going on in your life. Always. Not, not one thing. There's always many new things going on. It's just such an inspiration. I don't want to go Friday night dinner to you without having something new to tell you. Wow. You would say she's boring. <laughs> no, God forbid. You would say she's old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also want to encourage everyone, go watch Ask Dr. Ruth. It's, it's an extraordinary 
documentary about the life of one of America's and the world's extraordinary people um, who we are so blessed to have as basically a part of our family. And uh, and I'm so fortunate to have her on the rabbi's husband today. Now tell the title of your book again. Tell people when they can get it. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's The Telling, How Judaism's Essential Book Reveals the Meaning of Life, and it's available um, online booksellers and uh, bookstores everywhere. Well, Dr. Ruth, thank you so much for such a fascinating conversation and for all that you do and, and all that you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom. Thank you. Shalom, Mark. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. God willing. Thank you. Wow. Well, what an incredible discussion with Dr. Ruth. I mean, Dr. Ruth, she certainly America's sex therapist. She's also America's inspiration. If anyone ever asked the question, uh, how can I conquer the adversity um, in my life to get to a new place? Just watch the documentary about Dr. Ruth. Listen to the podcast with Dr. Ruth. Read about Dr. Ruth. Think about Dr. Ruth. And uh, the secret to living a happy, meaningful, fulfilling, and inspiring life is embodied in this one person, Dr. Ruth. And, and my family is so fortunate to be so close to this great person. And uh, I'm just, it was such a blessing to have her on the podcast today. I'm Mark Gerson, and this has been The Rabbi's Husband. And thank you for listening. Please go to Apple, to Spotify, to wherever you receive podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. I can be found at therabbishusband.com or at The Rabbi's Husband on Facebook or Instagram. And I would love to hear from you. So please email me at mark at therabbishusband.com. This podcast is part of the Joshua Network. You can find out more about the Joshua Network at thejoshuanetwork.com. Thank you for listening.